running into Christmas time and you get a wee bit of time off and sort of contemplate the year that passed and praying into things and seeking answers and seeking clarification and getting into the closet and that's where you find your answers and that's where you listen for the spirit to speak to you thinking about 2022 and how to go forward and looking back into 2021 and the Lord gave me a verse of scripture and then it went from here the the whole study went from here it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 11 the Apostle Paul is speaking to the church of Corinth and 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 11 now all these things happened unto them for ensamples and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come now all these things happened unto them for ensamples ensamples just means examples and they are written for our admonition or it's a firm warning if you want to put it like that upon whom the ends of the world are come and I got that verse and that was the start of my Bible study and that was the start of um, questions being answered uh, rebukes as well questioning myself as well and as I say, we'll be spending most of the study in Second Kings chapter 18 and verse 19. But let's just go through a wee bit of history so far on how we've got to Second Kings verse, uh, chapter 18 and chapter 19. In 931 BC, Israel was split into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom capital was Samaria and the southern kingdom capital was Jerusalem. The northern kingdom had ten tribes, Asher, Dan, Ephraim, Gad, Issachar, Manasseh, Naphtali, Reuben, Simeon, and Zebulun. And then in the southern kingdom you had Judah and Benjamin and some of the Levitical tribe as well. So we have the northern kingdom, the southern kingdom, and the first king in the northern kingdom was Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. And the first king in the southern kingdom was Rehoboam, the son of Solomon. So you had David, Solomon, and then you had Rehoboam. But if you want a reference, you can do it in your own time if you want to. First Kings chapter 11 and 12, where, the, where Israel was actually split into two kingdoms. Uh, why did that happen? It was basically because Solomon uh, basically started to worship false gods, bringing false gods into the kingdom and then displeased the Lord. But the Lord didn't rend the kingdom from Solomon. He rend the kingdom from Rehoboam. And that's First Kings chapter 11 and 12, if you want to reference that. But we're going to look at Hezekiah. Hezekiah was the 13th king of the southern kingdom, and his reign was between 716 and 687 BC. Hezekiah started his reign by restoring worship to God. Now, at this point, there was no worship at all. The temple was closed, and there was only worship to idols. He opened up the temple to the worship to God again, and 
He done away with the idol worship and he cleansed the temple and rebuilt the altars. And you can reference again if you want to Second Chronicles chapter 29 for that. But that's at the start of chapter 18 of Second Kings. And I read the first few verses. We're going to go into them shortly. And he, he started the worship again to God, Jehovah. But he, he threw out the idols and he rebuilt the altars. And I got, I got hit straight away with a question. And the question that I got hit with straight away is, how is your altar? And that hit me straight away like a ton of bricks. I was in the house on my own. I was quiet. How is your altar, Glenn? And I just went, straight away. You know, we ask sometimes for the Lord to move, don't we? And rightly so. And we want the Lord to move. And we ask sometimes in our prayers, Lord, let the fire fall. But it was flipped on me whenever I read those verses. And I felt the Lord saying to me, yeah, well, I'll send the fire. And I'll send the blessings when the altar is right. We're all living, walking altars, born again, blood-bought believers. We want the, the land to be healed, don't we? We want the kingdom to grow. And we want everything that the Lord has for us. But the Lord said to me, I'll send it all when your altar is right. So I've got work to do. You have to take it. You're going, you're seeking the Lord and you're seeking answers. But sometimes you get a, a rebuke and I got one. So I have personally speaking, as far as I am concerned, I have work to do on my altar as I am a living sacrifice unto Christ. If I want to see the land healed and the church built up and God glorified, the Lord can do that anytime he wants. But there has to be an altar to fall on. So I got that straight away. And it was, it was quite... It really got me thinking about, about where we're going to go with the study. Hezekiah restored the spiritual matters first the spiritual matters first and straight away I thought to myself you know when you're MLA and you're MP or the pray the whoever wants to become next prime minister and there's a general election they'll put it on TV or they'll, they'll come to your door with a lovely glossy manifesto won't they but I have never yet seen a manifesto not only top of the list but on it at all that if I get into power, I will bring the people back to God. That's the only way. You can promise whatever you want. But unless the people are brought back to God, there'll be no move. We need people in power and people standing in places of authority and councils, MPs, MLS and prime ministers who are God-fearing people. With due respect to the leaders we have now at the minute, I don't think we've had worse. I really don't.
but maybe it's a rebuke. Maybe it's a wake-up call. People look at the United Kingdom now and they hiss. They hiss at us. Look at the state of the place. There's gods coming in from left, right and center, small g. The borders are open for anybody. You can do what you want. They can blaspheme my God, capital G, the only God. That's okay to do that. Well, dare you say anything against anybody else, you'll be in court. You'll be at a policeman at your front door. The UK has become a hissing. And it needs restored and rebuilt. And there's only one way to do it. And that's for the people to be turned back to God. We need men and women who are going to go into authority, going to go into power, going to go into governments. And we do have some. Uh, we do have some good MPs and good MLAs, and they're saved, but they're in the minority. We have a lack of salt, and the salt is losing its savour. We need men and women in authority, and they can walk into the Stormont, walk into Westminster, holding this book, and rule from this book, and the United Kingdom can be restored again, and healing can come to our land. Hezekiah restored the spiritual matters of the kingdom. He didn't say, we'll sort out the finances first. He restored the kingdom back to God and everything else will flow from it. He done away with the idols. He threw out the idols, the Asherah poles. Now, the Asherah poles were originally from the Canaanites. They were, they were a tree that they would have worshipped. And he done away with the Nehushtan. Now, the Nehushtan was just... Whenever the Israel rebelled in the wilderness with Moses, and Mo- Moses had the brazen serpent, that's what, that's what the Nehushtan is. Uh, it's a slang for it is bronze thing. They were, they were burning incense to these trees and burning incense and worshipping these, these, these Nehushtans. That's how far they'd gone. It was the serpent that was in the wilderness. Ahaz was Hezekiah's father, and he had a deal with Assyria, and the deal was tribute money, basically. So what does that mean? It's just, leave us alone. There's the money. Leave us alone. And Ahaz used the silver and the gold. This is how far that Israel had gone. Ahaz, Hezekiah's father, used the silver and the gold and the house of the Lord as a gift to the Assyrians. He stripped the temple where they used to worship God. And he gave it to the Assyrians and says, leave us alone. There's the gold and there's the silver. That's how far that Israel had went. Now we're going to go to the chapters and I'm going to go through them. I'm going to bring out some points and just read through them. Let's go to 2 Kings chapter 18 and we'll read the first four verses. Now it came to pass in the third year of Hoshea, son of Elah, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. Twenty and five years old was he when he began to reign. And he reigned twenty and nine years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abai, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all David his father had done. Now, David wasn't actually his father. That just means the lineage. He removed the high places and break the images and cut down the groves and break in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses had made, that's the Nehushtan. For under those days, the children of Israel did burn incense to it, 
and he called it Nehushtan. He trusted in the Lord, God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor any that were before him. He trusted in the Lord. And that's a good starting point for any king to be ruling in a nation. For he clave to the Lord. He clave to the Lord. That means he clung to the Lord. And brothers and sisters, we need to cling to the Lord Jesus Christ now. He is our sovereign. He is our authority. And he is our king. And we need to cling to him in these days. And departed not from following him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord commanded Moses. And the Lord was with him, and he prospered. Did you hear that? The Lord was with him, and he prospered. He went forth, and he rebelled against the king of Assyria, and served him not. So he started now, he stopped paying the tribute money. Hezekiah, when he came into power, he said, we're not paying that anymore, we've had enough. Verse 8. He smote the Philistines even on the Gaza, and the borders thereof, from the tower of the watchman to the fenced cities. Now, in verse 8 here, Hezekiah scatters the enemy. Now, I want you to get a real picture of this. Palestine, the state of Palestine would have been here, and then you had Judah here, and Assyria was up here, and then the northern kingdom. And that verse in verse 8 he says he smote the Philistines even unto Gaza and the borders thereof from the tower of the watchmen even to the fenced cities. Now if you look at the map, Gaza is at the back of Palestine. So what, what did Hezekiah do? Well, when, when he was attacked, he didn't just say, right, hold the line. And he, did, he didn't just say, oh, let's talk about it. He went on the attack he pushed the enemy back. And not only did he push the enemy back, he pushed them right to Gaza. He chased them. He chased them. And I was reading that verse, verse 8, and I thought to myself, why are we always on the back foot? What's what you say? What's your testimony? I, I understand all that. I know you need to watch your testimony. And I know you need to watch what you say, but you're not meant to be defeatist. You're meant to live a life of power and authority. God's people are meant to rule and reign. Be an authority. Lead the way. Well, the enemy's coming. Ah, so what? I know there's an enemy. I know there's an enemy, but we are not to be retreat. Why, do we, why does God's people always go on the retreat? Why? I, I was sitting in the house and asking myself, why do we always go on the retreat? We ought to live a life of power, authority, of a sound mind, and not in fear. Scripture says it. We're not meant to hide in the corner and leave, oh, leave us alone. We're meant to step forward in power. And we're not just to hold our lines. We're to go into the enemy territory and take it. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. The victory was won in Calvary's cross. Why do we lead so much a defeatist lifestyle? We're not meant to do it. God wants you to step forward in power and authority and take the land. How can we take the land if, if we're so, oh, to watch what you say, watch your testimony. You can watch what you say and you can watch your testimony, but still go forward in power and authority with this book, with God's word. 
In verse 9, And it came to pass in the fourth year of King Hezekiah, which was the seventh year of Hosea, the son of Elah, king of Israel, that Shalmaneser, king of Assyria, came up against Samaria and besieged it. So now there's a siege in the northern kingdom. And at the end of the three years, they took it. So there was a siege, a long siege that lasted three years, and the northern kingdom was taken by the Assyrians. Even in the sixth year of Hezekiah, that is the ninth year of Hosea, king of Israel, Samaria was taken. And the king of Assyria did carry away Israel onto Assyria and put them in Hala and in Habor by the river of Gozan. And the cities of the Medes, because they, they disobeyed, they, they obeyed not the voice of the Lord their God, but transgressed his, his covenant. And all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded, I would not hear them, nor do them. So judgment has came now on the northern kingdom. Now this is the scattering of Israel. Israel now has been taken away. And Israel goes west. It's taken away. So Israel goes west. Now, I'm not going to go into too much detail about that tonight. It's a big, big subject. You know, but some people would say, oh, Where's the scattered tribes? Where's the ten tribes? I know where they are. They went west. But I'm not going to go into that tonight. And the Lord knows where they are. The Lord knows where they are. What do I believe about that tonight? The way our land is. I believe that the Lord has allowed the enemy to come in. I believe it. To these isles. And to push through. And to swamp the borders. Why do I believe that? I believe that it's a rebuke from the Lord. But I believe that the Lord is waking up God's people. And I believe there's going to be a mighty outpouring of a spirit. But it's going to take something big. And we're going to have to be brought really low before we wake it up. I believe it's going to happen. But how far do we have to go before the church the blood-bought church starts to fight. How far are we going to have to be brought before the people really realize and dig into the word and go, hold on a second, who are we here? Why is there so much fuss? You ever think to yourself, why there's so much fuss about we Northern Ireland, we Ulster? Think about it. What's the big deal? Talk about it in a wee minute. Verse 13. Now in the 14th year of King Hezekiah did Sennacherib, king of Assyria, come up against all the fenced cities of Judah and took them. And Hezekiah, king of Judah, sent to the king of Assyria to Lachish. Now Lachish was the fortified cities of Jerusalem. So there's now a siege starting and the southern kingdom there are under attack. And Hezekiah King of Judah sent to the king of Assyria to Lachish, saying, I have offended, return from me that which thou puttest on me will I bear. And the king of Assyria appointed unto Hezekiah, king of Judah, 300 talents of silver and 30 talents of gold. Now, so what's happening here now? Well, Hezekiah is under siege from and the Lachish, the fortified cities of Jerusalem are being taken. 
because he stopped paying the tribute money. So the money stopped. Now, I want you to think about this now. The money has stopped. Hezekiah said, after he took over from his father, no more money. We're done. You're not getting any more. Now, I want, I want to go down the road, we road here with you. I want you to listen, okay? So we'll go from verse 14. And Hezekiah, king of Judah, sent to the king of Assyria to Lachesh, that's the fortified cities. So they're taking the fortified cities and they're pushing into Jerusalem. Saying, I have offended, so I have, I, I'm sorry. I, I have stopped paying the tribute money. I'm very sorry. Please leave us alone, okay? Return from me. That which thou puttest on me will I bear. So uh, let's do a deal. Just leave us alone. And the king of Assyria appointed unto Hezekiah, king of Judah, 300 talents of silver and 30 talents of gold. Now, a talent is 66 pounds in weight. So it, it's a lot of money. I was trying to work it out. It's, it varies so much. And I just said to myself, that's too much. I'm going to leave that because I get that wrong. Uh, but it's 66 pounds in weight, one talent. And he's making the same mistake here now, Hezekiah, as his father Ahaz. He, he's panicking. The cities are being taken. The fortified cities are being taken. And he's panicking and he's going, oh, what are we going to do now? And, you know, you can look at that and you can say, well, Hezekiah, you know, why did you not stand your ground? But, you know, something, we can all have a wee wobble from time to time. And we all need maybe sometimes, I know I do sometimes, to, what do they say, catch yourself on? Sometimes I have to catch myself on. Uh, we can all have wee wobbles. So Hezekiah starts to panic. And he's in fear. And we're going to read on. Verse 15. And Hezekiah gave him all the silver that was found in the house of the Lord. So Hezekiah now is stripping the temple. And in the treasures of the king's house. At that time that Hezekiah cut off the gold from the doors. Hezekiah has taken off the doors. He's taken off the doors. You leave us alone. You can have the doors. So he's in a real, he's in a real spin. At that time that Hezekiah cut off the gold from the doors of the temple of the Lord and from the pillars which Hezekiah, king of Judah, had over, overlaid, I gave it to the king of Assyria. So Hezekiah has given, stripped the temple, met the bill, if you want, started paying the tribute again, and he thinks it's all going to be all right. Brothers and sisters, don't be deceived. What, what am I talking about? I'm talking about what's going on at the minute with the EU and with Northern Ireland. Okay? Don't, don't be deceived. It doesn't matter how much money you give to the EU. They're not after your money. It matters nothing. And I thought about it and I prayed over it. And they're not even worried about your land. It's who's in it. It's a Babylonian system. It's an Antichrist spirit. And they're going to try and shut you up. It's not about the money. It's not even about the land. What do they want the land for? What is it? A few hundred miles that way and that way. It's the people. It's the people who are in Northern Ireland. The blood bought. They're after you. And if you think for one minute, I'll put it like this. I was thinking about it. Praying about it. This year was the 100th anniversary of Northern Ireland, was it? Did you hear much about it? No, you didn't. You can't even put a stone two foot high in Stormount. 
So if you can't put a stone two foot head storm out, do you think you're going to have freedom of liberty and freedom of faith and to walk into the church? You have no chance. You have no chance. It's not going to happen. You will not have freedom to worship God if you're taken into the European Union and into United Ireland. You can't even plant a tree and storm out for the 100th anniversary of the country. You think you're going to be able to open the Bible and preach the gospel? It's not going to happen. Be not deceived. It's not about the money. It's not even about the land. It's about God's people. That's what they're really after. You watch. And don't back down. Don't back down. You can keep your testimony. You can fight your corner without sinning. You can have righteous anger. We are not to back down. No backing down. We back down, that's it. There comes a time when you have to say enough's enough, I've had enough, and stand and fight. Fight back. And don't just stand and hold your ground. Do what Hezekiah did with the pallet, with, 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 um, do what Hezekiah did, Palestine. He pushed it back. He pushed it right back as far as Gaza. Why? Because the Lord was with him. He knew he could do it because the Lord was with him. The Lord's with us in Christ Encounters Tabernacle. Nobody's going to tell me he's not. Too much has happened. Too much is happening. I know the Lord's with us. So why don't we grasp that? And why don't we just say, Lord, I know you're with us. And I know you have plans for us. And we can do anything we want because you're with us. And why don't we cling to that like Hezekiah did and go forward? Why don't we go forward? We can do anything when Christ is with us. I, I know he's with us. I know he is. There's too much happening. There's too much that's happened this last year and a half to two years from, from the church building was closed in Guildford. Too much has happened. The Lord is with us. Let's grasp it. Let's, let's grasp it and run with it in faith and, uh, and, and worship and keep him the center. And Hezekiah, king of Judah, sent of the king of Assyria to Lachish, saying, I have offended, return from me that which thou puttest on me, and I will bear. So he's back to paying the tribute again. Verse 15. And Hezekiah gave him all the silver that was found in the house of the Lord and in the treasures of the king's house. At that time did Hezekiah cut off the gold from the doors of the temple of the Lord and from the pillars which Hezekiah, king of Judah, had overlaid, I gave to the king of Assyria. Now we're down to verse 17. And the king of Assyria sent Tartan and Rabshiris and Rabshakeh from Lachish to king Hezekiah. Who are these guys? Well, they're like generals, field marshals, field marshals and sergeants. Okay? So he sent them to Hezekiah with a great host against Jerusalem. So their armies have come right up now to the gates of Jerusalem. And they went up and came to Jerusalem. And when they were come up, they came and stood by the conduct of the upper pool, which is the highway of the fuller's field. And when they had called to the king, there came out to them Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, which was over the household, and Shabna the scribe, and Joah the son of Asaph the recorder. And Rabshakin said unto them, Speak ye now to Hezekiah, Thus saith the great king, the king of Assyria, What confidence is this 
wherein thou trustest. And I read that verse, verse 19. What confidence is this within thou trustest? Let's go to Second Chronicles. Chapter 32, 7 and 8. Second Chronicles chapter 32, verse 7 and 8. Be strong and courageous, and be not afraid nor dismayed, for the king of Assyria, nor for all the multitude that is with him, for there be more, for, more with us than with him. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God, to help us and to fight our battles. And the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. And that's the title of my Bible study tonight. The arm of flesh and the hand of God. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God. And brothers and sisters, take those verses in, take those words in, and run with them in 2022. We have to realize now, we have to really grasp that we have a supernatural God who can do supernatural things beyond anything that I can ever imagine. And I'm trusting in the Lord. The enemy might be round about and shouting all sorts of beating the drums. Am I afraid? No. Do I get, I don't know, concerned out again? Of course. Oh, of course you do. But I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of it. Why should I be afraid? If I'm afraid, does that mean then that I don't have faith? If the Lord sees me in fear in my life and living in fear, where's my faith? Do I not believe that the Lord can deliver me from my enemies? Do I not believe that the Lord can build this church? Do I not believe this word that I'm reading from today? We, we can't live in fear. You're not meant to live in fear. God never meant you to live in fear. Will you have trials and tribulations? Of course you will. I was thinking about this. When you're being attacked by the enemy, you know, and the enemy comes and you're being attacked, did you ever stop at some point and think about it and go and rejoice? Rejoice that you're being attacked. Well, what, what do I mean? Well, you must be doing something right. You must be rattling a few cages. You're, you're being attacked. You're, you're in a battle. Do you ever walk away from, you know, somebody having to go at you and with a smile on your face and go, I must be doing something right. I must be rattling a few cages. You know, the boat doesn't need rocked. It needs, it needs couped. The boat needs couped. It just needs turned over. It just needs turned over. Rattle as many cages as you can, but in the proper way. And how do you rattle cages? Well, you rattle plenty when you speak that. Because they don't like it. Truth. Truth is hate speech now. Truth is hate speech. Ah, you can't say that, but it's the truth. Ah, but you can't say that. It's hate speech. Nonsense. Speak the truth. And if you rattle a few cages on the way, so be it. It's for his glory. But when you're being 
put down or you're being attacked, turn away and just praise him. Say, Lord, I'm in the bottle. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Just praise him. Because you're suffering for his name's sake. And the king of Assyria said, we'll, we'll read on down, we'll go to verse 19. And Rabshakeh said unto them, Speak ye now to Hezekiah, thus saith the great king, the king of Assyria, what confidence is this wherein thou trustest? Thou sayest, but they are but vain words. I have counsel and strength for war. So the mocking starts now. They're mocking at the gate. Thou, thou sayest, but they are but vain words. I have counsel and strength for the war. Now on whom dost thou trust that thou rebellest against me? Now behold, thou trustest upon the staff of this bruised reed, even upon Egypt, on which if a man lean, it will go into his hand and pierce it. So is Pharaoh king of Egypt, unto all that trust in him. So he said there's no point trusting in Egypt, because Pharaoh's no good to you anyway, and we can probably defeat him. So they're starting to mock him now. Verse 22, But if you say unto me, We trust in the Lord our God, is not that he whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah hath taken away. So he's saying now, sure Hezekiah threw out your gods, but they don't get it. Hezekiah restored the worship to the one true God. And I said to Judah and Jerusalem, ye shall worship before this altar in Jerusalem. Verse 23 of the chapter. Now, therefore, I pray thee, give pledges, or it's, it means make a wager. Make a wager, give pledges, or give us hostages. Now, therefore, I pray thee, give pledges to my Lord, the king of Assyria, and I will deliver thee 2,000 horses, if thou be able on thy part to set riders upon them. So they're starting to mock now. They're saying, make a wager with us. Come on, give us something and we'll give you horses. So you can't put anybody on them anyway. You have no army. So the mocking's starting and they're laughing at them at the gate of Jerusalem. How then wilt thou turn away the face of one captain of the least of my master's servants and put thy trust on Egypt for chariots and for horsemen? So the mocking started. 25. And now am I now come up without the Lord against this place to destroy it? The Lord said to me, go up against this land and destroy it. Now, that's confusion now. So they're throwing everything, they're mocking, they're, they're confusion, they're saying now, so the Lord told us to go up here and do this. So they're really, trying to, they're really trying to confuse everybody now and they're trying to get them to give up as the siege progresses. In verse 26, Then said Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah and Shabna and Joah unto Rabshakeh, Speak, I pray thee, to thy servants in the Syrian language, for we understand it, and talk not with us in the Jewish language in the ears of the people that are on the wall. But Rabshakeh said unto them, Hath my master sent me to thy master and to thee to speak these words? Hath he not sent me to the men which sit on the wall, that they may eat their own dung and drink their own piss with you? You know, that, that piss just means the water at their feet. So they're saying you're going to be on the ground and sucking the water up out, out of the ground. They're really mocking them now, laughing at them, saying, give up. There's nothing you can do. Who are you trusting in? We'll go down to verse 31. Hearken not to Hezekiah, 
For thus saith the king of Assyria, Make an agreement with me, buy a present, and come out to me. And then eat ye every man of his own vine, and every one of his own fig tree, and drink ye every one of the waters of his cistern. So he's saying here in verse 31, Give me a gift. Give me a blessing and surrender. Capitulate. All will be well. And we'll get on. And we'll look after you. And that's what we're being told now. Brothers and sisters. We're being told by, by the European Union. And by the southern government. Ah, come on. You're better off with us. It's going to be all right. Sure, we'll look after you. You'll be good. We'll give you everything you need. A load of nonsense. A load of absolute garbage. You're not going to be all right. I said it before. You won't have any freedom. Do you think you're going to be able to carry, carry forward in a United Ireland or a Babylonian system, an Antichrist system in the European Union, this book? They're trying to bring it all together now. And there's one more hurdle to overcome. And it's us. It's us. They want to shut you up, close the book, leave it alone. We're all right. We'll get on all right together. Everything's going to be okay. You will have no rights. None. In a United Ireland, as far as this book goes, or a European Union, you will have zero you won't even blow up them doors. Troublemakers. Can't have these people about the place. Too much bother. Hate speech. Ah, need to do something about it. As I said earlier on, you can't even celebrate the 100th anniversary. You think you're going to be, have freedom? What do we hear all the time? An island for everybody. <laughs> that makes me laugh. Makes me laugh. Cloak and dagger. Big smile. Oh, United Ireland for everybody. It's going to be great. The next thing, the knives are out and they're in there. You can't even move. What a nonsense. Don't listen to it. Don't be sucked in. It won't do you any good. And stay away from the European Union. We're nearly out. We're getting there. It's a bit of a tug. But I believe we'll come fully out from it. We need out. Have you seen the cut of Austria? Germany? Falling apart, locked up, banged up, fined. We have to dig in now. We have to dig in. We have to seek God and we have to dig in like never before. Trust Him. Trust Him in the days ahead. Hearken not to Hezekiah, for thus saith the king of Assyria, make an agreement with me by our present, and come out to me, and then eat ye every man of his own vine, and every one of his fig tree. And drink ye every one of the waters of the cistern until I come and take you away to a land of your own. There you go. Everything's going to be all right. A land of corn, wine, plenty of food, a land of bread, vineyards, a land of oil, olive, and of honey, that ye may live and not die. And hearken not unto Hezekiah when he persuadeth you, saying, The Lord will deliver you. Hath any of the gods of the nations delivered at all 
this land out of the hand of the kings of Assyria, and they go through the land, they go through the different kingdoms that the Assyrians have taken. Let's skip on now for time's sake to verse or the chapter nineteen. We'll go to verse the last verse of verse uh, the last verse of chapter eighteen first. Then came Elakim the son of Hilkah, which was over the household, and Shabna the scribe, and Joah the son of Asaph the recorder to Hezekiah. So they've came there to Hezekiah, and they said, Hezekiah, this is what's been said. With their clothes rent, and told them the words of Rabshakeh. And when they came to Hezekiah with what was said, they rent their clothes. But brothers and sisters, we need to rent our hearts. We need to rend our hearts before God. We need to get serious. We need to dig in and go deep and get serious about our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I need to. I feel that I need to go deeper to survive. I just need to go deeper and deeper and deeper and cling like Hezekiah did because there's storms coming and you need to be grounded and you need to be rooted like a strong oak and I believe if you're not rooted and grounded like a strong oak you'll blow away your roots you'll be rooted up we have to cling we have to dig in in chapter 19 Hezekiah's response what did Hezekiah do that he phoned 20 people but in his day he would have obviously didn't have phone <laughs> he would have did he go to 20 people did he say what am I going to do what am I going to do what do you think what do you think what do you think and what do you think no he went into the house of the Lord you want to know the will of the Lord for your life ask him get into the closet and ask him and listen Listen for the Spirit. The Spirit will speak to you through his word, and he will guide you. Seek the Lord on it all. And he sent the lack him which was over the household, and Shabna the scribe, and the elders of the priests, covered with sackcloth, to Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos. Now Isaiah the prophet was the prophet to the southern kingdom at this time. And just for time's sake, we'll skip on to verse 6. And Isaiah said unto them, Thus shall ye say to your masters, Thus saith the Lord, Be not afraid of the words which thou hast heard, with which the servants of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Now you're, you're maybe thinking to yourself, well, Hold on a second, they were blaspheming Hezekiah. No, they weren't. God takes it personally. You're being mocked. I don't know, wherever it might be, work. Whatever's going on, you might be being mocked, scorned for your faith. The Lord takes it personally, and the Lord will not be mocked. It says it here, blasphemed me. The Lord heard it and seen it. For time's sake, we'll run down to verse 8 to 13. More threats. So Rabshakeh returned and found the king of Assyria warring against Libna. Libna was just one of the, the cities on the coast of uh, Judah. For he had heard that he was departed from Nakesh. 
A witty herd say, say of Taraka, king of Ethiopia, Behold, he has come to fight, out to fight against thee. He sent messengers again unto Hezekiah, saying, Thus shall you speak to Hezekiah, king of Judah, saying, Let not thy God, in whom thou trustest, deceive thee, saying, Jerusalem shall not be delivered unto the hand of the king of Assyria. So basically here, from verse 8 to 13, there's more threats. Verse 14 of the chapter 19. And Hezekiah received the letter of the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord and spread, the, spread, the, spread it before the Lord. So brothers and sisters, you are... You have, an, you have an issue, okay? And we all can have troubles and strifes in our lives, okay? You have an issue. Close the doors and lay it before the Lord. And say, Lord, you, you've seen this. This has happened. He has said that. She has said this. Whatever it is, you close the doors. Get on your own. And lay it before the Lord and say, Lord, here it is. Lord, you have seen this. You have seen this. this. This threat has come against me, and the, but the, the threat, it, it might be coming to you, but the Lord takes us personally. It's blasphemy. You lay it out before the Lord and say, Lord, you have seen this. You know the matter, and I'm trusting in you, Lord, to fight the battle. Lay it before the Lord like Hezekiah did. Down to verse, we'll go to verse for time's sake. We'll go to so Hezekiah goes into the temple and he prays to the Lord. He lays the matter out before the Lord. We'll go to verse 25. Verse 25 of the chapter. Hast thou not heard long ago how I have done it? And of ancient times that I have formed it, now have I brought it to pass that thou shouldest be to, to lay waste fence cities into ruinous heaps. Now, let's go to Isaiah chapter 10 to reference that. Isaiah chapter 10 and verse 5. O Assyrian, the rod of mine anger and the staff in their hand is mine indignation. See, the Lord had already planned this. The Lord was going to use the Assyrians to take these towns, to take these villages, and to, to use the Assyrians as a rod of justice and discipline. It was, already, it was already in place. The Lord had spoken it. O Assyrian, the rod of mine anger and the staff in their hand is mine indignation. And that shows the sovereignty of God. God was allowing this to happen. He was allowing it. He had already spoken it. I'm going to move on for time's sake to verse 28 of chapter 19. Because they rage against me and thy tumult has come up into thine ears, therefore I will put my hook in thy nose and my bridle in thy lips and I will turn thee back by the way which thou camest now what does that verse 28 mean 
a hook and a bridle. The Assyrians would have done this to their enemies. So when, when the Assyrians took a spoil, or took a town, or took a village, or a city, they would have took their, their captives away with a hook and a bridle. Would have been used as a technique to lead them away into captivity. But the Lord says in this verse, Because they rage against me and thy tumult has come up into mine ears, therefore I will put my hook in thy nose. So the Lord said, I'm going to do to you what you do to your enemies. And my bridle in thy lips, and I will turn thee back by the way by which thou camest. Brothers and sisters, I, I read that verse. And I felt the Lord said to me, to see the enemy in the land that's doing to my people what's going on now at the minute, I'm going to turn it on them. Amen. I will turn it yeah. on them. The Lord is not mocked and be not deceived. I believe very soon there's coming a point where the Lord is going to say enough is enough. Now, I believe the church is being sifted. I believe that it's being sifted to be used in a mighty way. I really do. How far do we have to go for that to happen? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I believe soon the Lord's going to step in and turn it and say, what you did to my people, it's your turn. And I believe that the Lord's going to bring out everything is going to seep out what has been done. It's starting to seep out. It's slowly seeping out. It's slowly oozing out. And the governments are ripe for judgment. They're sewer pits. They stink. And the stench has reached heaven. And I believe there's judgment coming from their governments. But I believe at the same time that the church, the blood-bought church of God, is going to move forward like never before. And there's going to be a mighty revival. I want to be part of it. I want to be in it. But I believe to do that. As I said at the very start, I, I personally speaking from, from my perspective, I have work to do. I have an altar to build. I, I, I firmly believe that it's not right yet. I'm just being honest. I, I believe I got that from the Lord. Send the fire, Lord. Okay. But your altar's not ready. Sometimes you have to take these things on board and you have to you have to listen. You have to listen to what's being said by the Spirit. Verse 29 to 30 of chapter 19. And this shall be a sign unto thee, ye shall eat this year such things as grow of themselves, and in the second year that which springeth of the same, and in the third year sow ye, and reap, and plant vineyards, and eat the fruits thereof. So basically the Lord said here, you're, you're not going anywhere, don't worry. Everything's going to be all right. Verse 31. For out of Jerusalem shall go forth a remnant, 
And they that escape out of the bout of his hand, the zeal of the Lord of hosts shall do this. The zeal of the Lord, the burning love of God, combined with his power, will deliver his people. The zeal of the Lord, the burning love of God. Are you glad, brothers and sisters, for the burning love of God? No greater love than the cross. The burning love of God, combined with his power, will deliver this people. In verse 35, And it came to pass that night that the angel of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of the Assyrians an hundred fourscore, five thousand. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. A hundred eighty-five thousand soldiers died that night. Supernatural, wasn't it? The angel of the Lord, 185,000 dead. Don't mess about with God's people. You can do it for a while, maybe get away with it. Maybe, Lord, maybe use somebody for a bit of a whip for you, give you a bit of a wake up call. But sooner or later, don't mess about with God's people. It won't be tolerated. To pass that night, the angel of the Lord went out. This was a supernatural event. It was a theophany. The Lord dealt with it himself. The Lord went into the camp of the Assyrians and he wiped them out. Why? You have blasphemed Didn't say it blasphemed Hezekiah. He says, You have blasphemed me. And judgment fell. And you know, people can say what they want about God's people. But he lasts for so long until judgment falls and the tide turns. So let's go back to Second Chronicles 32 to finish off verse 7 and 8 two verses to finish with two verses that I'm going to cling on to be strong and courageous be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria nor for all the multitude that is with him for there be more with us than with him With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, the king of Judah. Don't worry about the arm of flesh, because we have the hand of God. Let's go forward, brothers and sisters, into 2022. Resting in Christ, pushing on, trusting in Him, and watch as He builds the kingdom. We may have to suffer, well, we will. But when you're suffering for Christ's name's sake, isn't it worth it? It'll be worth it all when we see Him face to face. God bless.